Blog Talk Radio. Show is now in the air, spotlighted on BadRedheadMedia.com as a top author podcast on the web today and called a total blast of a show for writers. My name is Robert Batista, and you may ask, why is the Funky Writer Show so terrific? Because I'm a writer, just like my guests, and know that words are the breath of life. Connect with the show on the exciting Twitter page by going to at the funky writer. Sometimes running away is the best decision for self-preservation. Sometimes unlearning the truth uncovers centuries of lies. Sometimes the shadows in the periphery simplify complex realities. Sometimes love is an expansive concept riddled with explosive diversions. Years of deception and suppressed trauma do not prevent secrets from unraveling when parallel worlds clash, intertwining families and exposing hidden agendas. This is part of a blurb of today's fascinating, the guest's fascinating book. She's Simone Salmon. Welcome, Simone Salmon. To the Funky Writer Show. Hi, Robert. Oh my goodness, you made my book sound so good. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Well, it's you a know, pleasure from one writer to another. I know you would do the same for me. <laughs> I certainly I would. I would. certainly would. Simone. Your resume is so vast, and there is so much to discuss, but I'd like to start with the vision of who you are. You denote yourself as an author and spiritual truth seeker. The author role is obvious, but can you explain what it is to be a truth seeker? Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, um, I actually when I was younger when, and I lived in Jamaica, West Indies, I grew up in the church and I, I think I went to church like almost every single day. I loved the church. Um, but then as I got older and especially when I, when we came here in the U S and lived in you know, state to live in the U S um, I got turned off by religion. And so I didn't go to church for a very, very long time, but I always wanted it's you know I had like an emptiness I I needed more, um, and I wanted to know more. I wanted to know about things that are mystifying, things that are not real. That 
you can connect to, but people may doubt that they exist. And right. so I, yeah, so I actually went on a spiritual quest. I, I wanted to to connect to that reality that a lot of people believe in um, and really that science at this moment in time is actually believing more and more. They're they're actually connecting to it more and more, and they call it quantum physics, um, quantum reality. Um, But I decided that I wanted to go on a quest um, to see for myself if those things were actually true, if they were real, um, because I believe that the only way for me to know if something is true is for me to experience it myself. If I hear it from you, it's your truth or it's your perception of the truth. But if I know it, if I've connected to it, it's my, it's my experience of the truth. Wow, very interesting. Thank you for that. Your book, Camille and the Bears of Basa, Draftnell, is very intriguing to me. Please talk about the book's genesis and how this story went from concept to its subsequent publication. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, I've always had me, and I know a lot of people who have that also. And and the thing is, I've always wanted to write. I I wrote a lot when I was younger. I used to write a lot of poetry. Then I got to high school. I went to Barnard College. And my English teacher, my freshman year English teacher, (laughs) gave me a C- on a paper. And told me, like, you know, just to- totally ripped me apart in that class. And so wow. I decided that I, I couldn't write. I decided that it was, you know, it was not the thing for me. And it was not a dream that I should pursue. And so I kind of put it aside. But over the years, you know, it's always that nagging thing. You know, it's that thing inside of you that you have to, you just have to do it. You have to get it out of you. And so yes. I went, um, I, you know, I, I went through a lot of different scenarios. I tried to, I did, I purchased books on how to write a book. I did outlines. I did many different techniques to try and write this book, but I could not write the book. I just couldn't do it. And finally, I hired a writing coach um, who has since passed away. And she was able to actually coach me into writing this book. And the thing is that, um, you know, I had my own concept of what the book was supposed to be. And originally, I wanted to write a ghost story about actual events that I experienced in a Brooklyn apartment when I was in college. And um, and so I started, it started out as a ghost story. But then once you connect to that, um, that, that, that consciousness, that stream of consciousness that really isn't your intelligence anymore. It's not your, your um, you know, your intellect. You're not actually in your head trying to write the book. It's, it comes from somewhere else. Some people call it imagination. Um, once I connected to that, a, a completely different story evolved. Wow. So much so that, I mean, some of it, I, I don't even know where some of it came from. Some of it, yes, I put, you know, things that I actually went through in my own life and I put it into this fantasy paranormal sci-fi book. Um, but the majority of it came from a different uh, con- consciousness, a different realm that it is beautiful when you're connected to it because time flies. There is no time. 
you know, some people will say time, you know, it just you, you, you're in there and it's like it seems like five minutes, but you've been there for like an hour or two. That's where I was. And, and that's how this book came about. It was truly because Deborah coached it out of me, and then once I was able to get out of my own mind, out of my own way, and connect to that stream of consciousness, that, it, that's, that imagination that people talk about, then the real book came out. So I got to stop you right there. Uh, the house in Brooklyn where that ghost story happened, was that where I lived? Because I, I grew I up on Bergen and Troy. I want to make sure it wasn't around where I grew up. Well, is that is that near Park Slope? Because that's where uh, yes. I was. Well, it's not, it's, it's not that far, but it's not that close. But I, I, I grew up in Crown Heights, so I just wanted to make sure oh, it wasn't okay. there. Because <laughs> we had a lot of spooky <laughs> stuff happen where I grew up also. <laughs> Oh, Brooklyn see, can be definitely a, a spooky place. <laughs> yeah, we got to share stories, you know. <laughs> for, a long time, so, did, for a long time, I didn't uh-huh. want to tell people about anything that happened there because it seems so it seems so unreal, you know. It seems so bizarre, the things that happened in that apartment. But, wow. yeah, those things really did happen, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, awesome. So, Simone, your book has been called Equal Parts Paranormal Thriller, Romance, Sci-Fi, and Fantasy. Wow. Is this something you did intentionally, or did it just just evolve this way as you wrote it? Heck no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just just evolved. Like, it just took on a life of its own. Um, Right. Even the the language itself, you know, um, people always, when they read the book, they comment on how beautiful the language is. And yes. um, it's just, again, connecting to that stream of consciousness. It's not, it's not me. Like, if you ask me specific questions about, about the book, I probably wouldn't be able to answer it without reading the book again. Because it just, right. it's like I vomited out the book. I vomited it out and then, and then rewrote it and submitted it to a publisher. But... Um, yeah, it is. It ended up being, um, you know, there's parts of it that's a thriller. There, there, there's paranormal. There's sci-fi in there. There's even folklore, you know, folklore in there. Um, and there, there are racy parts. There are racy moments in there. So it's not, it's not a children's book. Um, the cover could be misleading, um, but it's not a children's book. It's definitely adult reading. Yeah, I was in in the beginning a little thrown off by the cover because, as you said, it it could be interpreted, you know, in the other way as being for children. Yes, yes. To a certain extent. I can't change the cover. Yeah, at this point in time, I'm not able to change the cover. I have asked my publisher, but um, I'll have to wait until I get out of my contract, um, if I do, to actually change it. Yeah, but, you know, my mom actually told me that she – she didn't like the cover. She wanted me to go with something that was plain, you know, that didn't have so much going on. And now I understand why she wanted it. You know, I love the cover. I do like it. I, the artist who did the uh, drawings, wonderful. I think she she did a fantastic job, Kat Castleman. Um, and it's actually on a painting that I did. So the painting right. in the background is a painting that I created, and then she put the characters on the front. So I actually do love the cover. It's just that it's misleading, and that's why I want to change it, because I just feel like people think it's a children's book, and it's not. Understood. One five-star Amazon reviewer of this book by Robert Blake Whitehill states, 
There is a vast literary intellect behind Camille and the Bears of Basel Draftnell, and it belongs to author Simone Salmon. The language is transfixing, bewitching, erupting into the realm between an epic poem of breakneck pace and the clarity and rigor of an after-action report meant only for a general's eye. This story operates in many rich dimensions. It reads like a graphic novel, but without need of illustrations. As the events explode like fireworks in the mind's eye, what an amazing piece of writing. Wow. That review basically sums it all up. Wouldn't you say, Simone? You really nailed it according to him. Yes, yes. Thank you, Robert Blake Whitehill. Oh, I'm so humbled. He did such an amazing job with that review. Um, Yes, you know, and it's it's still shocking to me when people read my book, how they get it. Like, I'm always afraid that people are not going to understand what I was trying to convey. And people get so many, I, you know, the reviews have been very, they vary, um, but they're so full and colorful and, you know, they just, they speak to the novel because I, when I see what, what they're saying, what the reviewers have said, I know that they read the book and I know that they got it. And that's like an amazing feeling to know that someone actually got it. They got what you wrote. They got the content. They understood it. Cool. You know, so yes, thank you, Robert. I, it was an amazing blurb that he wrote for me. Yes, there's nothing like having someone get your book. That's what we, why we right? do what we do. You know, so that is so awesome. So, you know, Simone, so many writers listen to this show, and they always want to know about the publishing process because there's so many ways mm-hmm. to publish. So how was your book yeah. published? And talk about the challenges, if any, in bringing your novel out to publication. Well, um, you know, I think I went through the same struggle as any other writer. Um, right. I submitted queries to, I don't know, hundreds of agents and got rejections. But I looked at rejections. You know, if someone responded and said to me, um, you know, this book is not for us, it's great, but, you know, good luck, I took it as a compliment, like, oh, my God, okay, they're they're responding to me. You know, I didn't take it negatively. And so it just – kept me going and so the more I got the rejections the more it propelled me to keep going and um, finally I submitted um, a query to Solstice Publishing and they're a a small vanity boutique publisher and they accepted the novel to my delight and you know I was just overjoyed that they took it Um, but yeah it, it can be very discouraging it can you know, especially if you don't have a thick skin, you know, you can't give up, Right. keep going forward. You know, it takes one yes. All it, all it takes is one yes. It, you could have a million no's, but as long as you get that one yes, you're good, you know. So I, you know, definitely encourage authors to, um, to keep submitting their work. You know, also keep um, rereading it and rewriting it to make it better, especially your right. query letter. You know, if you're, if you're getting rejections from your query letter, it could just be that the query letter needs to be rewritten. And there are many um, engaging query letters, successful engaging query letters on the Internet that you can go to, you can find, and kind of get um, 
you know, a, a vibe from how you should really write a good query letter. And that's what I did. I actually went on the Internet and I did a search on query letters, found a few of them that I really liked, and that's how I learned how to write a good query letter. So, yeah, just keep going. Keep going forward. Don't don't let someone someone uh, someone's no um, deter you from trying to get your book published. Yes, uh, and thank you for that advice and persistence. That that's it. That's the yeah. name of the game. And we've had so many Definitely. writers come on the show and say, "I I was struggling for ten years, fifteen years, or whatever, and got so many rejections." And then that one thing, that one time, it hit. So you are so right, Simone. So from what I understand, Draft Nell is the first installment of a series. So how far along is the next book, and can you tell us where it will take your main protagonist, Camille Matahari? <laughs> no fair, no fair. Um, okay, so I'm actually working I have on to the ask. second. <laughs> I'm actually working on the second book in the series, um, and it's about Caleb, who is Camille's brother. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, Camille's brother in another reality. <laughs> but he's related to Camille because this, this book is about many dimensions, many uh, realities. So um, it's about Caleb, and um, it's just going to go delve more into what happened to him because in the first book, Draftnell, we only get to see him for a brief period of time. We, we see that he has been transformed. He was abducted and transformed into something evil. So we, we're going to go through what happened to him, what happened, how he transitioned into what he became, and, and if there is any redemption for him at the end. And Camille will play a part in that, yes. So I have to ask you, um, Camille's last name, is it based on the old spy from back in the day? No. <laughs> no, Harry? no, no, no. No, you know what? Here's the thing. My grandmother is from India. She was adopted from India. And right. um, we don't know. Well, my mom, I think, knows her, my grandmother's, some of my grandmother's family, but I don't know them at all. And so um, – I have this longing to find out about my Indian heritage, and right. that's where that name came from. It's it's more the Indian side of my family and me making up a name that sort of reflects India in some. Oh, I got it. <laughs> because there was a, a real famous Russian spy from World War One called Matahari. So I I just get thought out that of here. Might have been it. Yes. Yes. No. Now I'm going to have to go. He was so yeah, famous. Yeah, I'm going to have to go do some research on that. Yes, and that's why I thought possibly. Yeah. But, you know, on your website, Simone, com, you write, after many years with no success using the how-tos, I enlisted the wonderful, talented author and writing coach, the late Deborah Rigas, to assist me yeah. in transforming my vision. Now, you talked about her, and, and you know, I mean, how, how long did you work with her? And from it seems like there was a lot of emotional give and take between you and her in forming your vision. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, oh, my gosh, she was such a beautiful spirit. Um, yes. She was amazing. Deborah was amazing. And she never, um, she never ever, like, put her own, I guess, you know, truth or 
um, way of doing something. She never, she never made me like change the way that I wanted to do do my book. What she did right. was she encouraged me to to get the book out of me. So right. She was actually one of my first coaches, and she was she is the reason why I actually am a coach now because I got to I got to experience someone who had done this craft for many years, who was passionate about giving back to others, and who wanted to get the next great book out of someone that she worked so she was very she was very um endearing she was very um disciplined she did give me a lot of discipline in how to write um and she also gave me a lot of encouragement because she the one thing that she i remember she always said to me is a writer writes and when i would be struggling sometimes you know I, she would say well how many pages are you going to write before we talk again, and I would give her a number, and then I'd come back on the phone, like, oh, I only wrote that. And she said, no, it's not you only. You did write it. You wrote, you wrote a page. You wrote a paragraph. Who cares? As long as you're writing, you know, if you write a sentence, just write. Write and write and write, and then one day you're going to just, you're just going to be in the habit of writing, and you're going to be in wonderment at how much is coming out of you because you've got into, got into that habit. And so, yeah, she, she was amazing. She died of brain cancer, um, and I didn't even realize that she had passed away. Um, I actually had sent her several emails and was wondering why she hadn't responded. And right. then I saw on the Internet that I knew she, I knew she wasn't well. She, she hadn't been well for several years, and she had gone into remission, and then it came back. And then, yeah, she, she left us. She, she's with the angels now. Let's talk about Simone Salmon, the person. I know you were born mm-hmm. in Jamaica, and you had said earlier that you went to church a lot when you were younger, but how would you also say your childhood was like? Um, you know, I have um, two brothers and a sister, and my grandmother, my father's mother raised us. And she was very strict. Um, she was a very religious woman. Well, she, I'm talking about like she's in a she's past. She's still alive. She is a very religious woman. Um, right. She's in her 90s now. Um, wow. So you know, yeah, we we had a very strict upbringing. We left Jamaica when I was 11, and then we lived in Chicago for a year, and then we came to New York and lived with my mom and dad. So um, I I was I was brought up with the knowledge that I needed to to do things a certain way. I, I had to go to school. School was the most important thing. Education was the most important thing, um, you know, and that and religion was next to education almost, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, so I had a lot of um, – and, 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 you know, the thing is that you can – I look back and, yes, it did mold me into the person that I am today, Um but it, I think it's also responsible for that 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 person inside of me who questions everything, who doesn't yeah. um, who doesn't have to agree with everything that you say, who doesn't Conform. follow. Right, exactly. Every, right, I'm, I I cannot stand conformity, um, and I think that's the religious part of me because of what I experienced with religion. Um, but then the ed- and the education part of me, I love to learn. Oh my God, I. I am a voracious learner. I I read, I I trainings, I and then I want to teach. You know, as soon as I learn, I want to teach. I feel like everything that I learn, I should give back to someone else. 
Like, I, right. I don't want you to spend as much as I did. I want to share it with you, and then you go on and you give it back to. So that's how, that's how I guess I was, I've been molded from my childhood in Jamaica. Yeah. What were some of the books and authors that inspired you in your youth? Mm. Oh, my goodness. The first book that I read was um, on uh, Madame Curie. I think she discovered um, radium, and um, yeah. had, when I read that, I I wanted to find the cure for cancer. Um, I was about seven or eight, and I my grandmother took me to a library. It was the first time I ever went to a library, and I was just amazed at all of the books that were there. But I I read a, a variety of authors. I love different authors. I love the Iliad. I love the Odyssey. I love Mark Twain. Great Expectations is a wonderful book. Love that book. I love the Canterbury Tales. So you see, I, I, I'm all over the place. There's no specific category that I, I would say that I, I like more than the other. I love Stephen King. I love Octavia Butler. I love, <laughs> you know, I, I will read anything as long as it is a, the writing right. is good. If it keeps me engaged, I'm going to read it. So I'm, I, I, I don't have a favorite author. I don't have a favorite category of uh, writing. I, 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 I read the spectrum of Authors and books. Simone, and I love self help books oh, too. <laughs> yes, yes, so do I. Uh, have you thought of uh, writing a self help book eventually one day? I can see you doing that. Definitely. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm actually in the process of writing. I don't know if it's a self help book. Maybe I, I'm going to try to make it into a self help book, but it's okay. a nonfiction book and it's based on. Um, a psychic being a psychic medium. That's right, also right. one of the paths that I decided to 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 follow to pursue to see if that was really true and real. And so I'm a, a certified psychic medium. So I'm writing a book on my um, my exploration into that field and what happened and how everyone else can actually connect to that realm of consciousness if they choose to. You know, it's, we are all, we have all those gifts. It's just whether or not we choose to be open enough to receive it and to experience them. Yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Simone, there's some interviews you did on YouTube called the Miracle Mind Fest interview. What is the history behind <laughs> these? That that was in my spiritual quest um days, um, which I still am on a spiritual quest, but that was the beginning of my spiritual quest. I, okay. In 2013, I decided to um, do a teleseminar series um, where I interviewed 21 spiritual gurus, um, you know, on how they got to be where they are and how spirituality, um, you know, affects their life, how they became a psychic medium or a health guru or whatever. And so that's you know that's what you see on the on YouTube. That's what you hear on YouTube. But those are the teleseminar uh, interviews. Some of them I didn't post all of them, but some of them, yeah. Let's talk social media. Uh, I see that you are on many of the platforms such as Twitter and Goodreads and Facebook. Simone, of all the mm-hmm. social media platforms, which one do you feel is the most beneficial for your brand and which, in your estimation, is the best for authors? Well, you know, I it, it depends on how you're using the platform. For me, right. I've had... Um, you know, my largest platform is on Twitter, um, but I 
I spend significant time building up that platform. Um, I do have a small platform on Facebook. I think for authors, it, it just depends on what type of marketing you decide to do. Um, you can be successful on any of those platforms, but you have to know how to market on the, on the specific platform that you are actually trying to engage and interact on. So Facebook, you would, you know, know, you would need to know how to do Facebook ads because that's really how you get momentum by doing paid Facebook, Facebook ads. Um, on Twitter, you need to know that you can't just tweet once a day. You really need to build up your tweets significantly. You know, you need to right. be tweeting randomly throughout the day. You need to connect with the people who are influencers. You need to engage with some of those people, have, you know, right. direct conversations in DM. So it, it depends. And, and you can do Twitter ads also. And the same thing with LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing platform to connect to people. I think it's probably one of the best platforms because you have actual um, you can actually get the information you're looking for that will help you in your marketing on LinkedIn. You know, you can't get an email address on Facebook that easily, you know, and neither can you on Twitter. But on LinkedIn, well, you can get that email address and then you can follow up and follow up emails with people. So um, I think it's it's just dependent on which platform, I guess, your marketing succeed right. in. Yeah. Simone, there is so much depth to who you are. On your blog, you say, I am a certified psychic medium specializing in spiritual readings. My gift allows me to provide healing and comfort to seekers in need of spiritual guidance. How long have you been doing this? And talk about some of the ways you provide the healing and comfort to those in need. Well, um, I became uh, certified shortly after I did that teleseminar series. I went and I um, took some courses um, on how to be a psychic and how to be a medium. And my specialty, where I'm very comfortable is in mediumship, and that's where you connect with people who have passed over. And um, people get healing from the messages that I deliver from their loved ones who are okay. in spirit. And, um, you know, people sometimes doubt that those things are true or real, but I would say the information that I get, there's no way that I would, there's, I, I wouldn't know that information. You know, what I say to people when they verify and validate the things that I'm telling them, um, it shocks me because it, it blows my mind that they understand what it is that I'm saying. And and a lot when I first started doing it, I was very nervous. I was very afraid because I didn't want to give messages that people didn't want to hear necessarily or, you know, I I doubted that is is it real or isn't is it not real. So I did a lot right. of practicing on Facebook in free in free forums where I didn't know anyone, they didn't know me and and I would do my, my readings there to to validate that, yes, this is indeed true. What I'm saying to these people who I don't know, I've never met them, I don't know who they are, I don't know their names, I'm just giving them the message that is being relayed to me, and they're telling me, oh, my God, yes, I can't believe that you said that, or yes, that's so true, yes, this is what happened, yes, he died this way, yes, you know, so that's where I feel comfortable. But that's how people get the healing 
in that type right. of reading is they get that message that, you know, some people suffer after their their loved ones pass away. They suffer from guilt. They suffer if they weren't there to, to, to be with them when they passed or, you know, if they had a tragic death, they wonder if the person is in heaven or if they're, you know, if they're okay. All those things, they just need that message to, to just give them peace, to give them peace of mind so that they can continue living the life that they're supposed to live. Yes, sounds like some of them need closure as well. Yes, I, I yeah. definitely understand that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. In closing, Simone, of all the things that you've accomplished, and there's been many in your life, besides your children and family, what would you say you are the most proud of? Oh, my goodness. I'm the most proud of... My ability to keep going when times are tough and to know that everything will be okay, to to have confidence and faith that everything is going to be okay. You know, um, right now I'm teaching entrepreneurs how to be successful in business. And, you know, I, I just actually stumbled upon it. I, I've been mentoring entrepreneurs and business owners and I realized oh my god I really love doing this I really love telling people giving them advice and giving them guidance and they in turn get to implement it and see success in their business so I'm I'm most proud of being the faith and and knowing that no matter what everything is going to be okay that's so great what's next for Simone Salmon what other irons do you have in the fire coming up? I know you're going to write the sequel to your series, and, and what else are you going to do? Well, I, I have the two books, um, the sequel and the non uh, nonfiction, that right. I'm, I'm hoping to get done by the end of this year. Um, and I'm also, in, like I said, in the process of um, doing the training for its boot, business boot camp training for entrepreneurs and small business owners, I'm doing an online training, which I'm currently trying to put the finishing touches on. Um, Besides that, just living, enjoying life, and um, being open to whatever comes. Sounds like you have life by the horns, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you got life by the horns, and I am just so happy we did this talk, and we have to do it again. So, how do people contact you? Give out any website or, or any links that you'd like to or can be followed on. Well, my author site is S Salmon, S like Sam, then Salmon like the fish, ssalmon.com. My uh, entrepreneur business training site is the number two, the letter B, focused, so to be focused.com. Um, so you can catch me on any of those. Um, you can also email me at support at tobefocus.com or support at ssalmon.com, at ssalmonauthor.com. Sorry. This has been the Funky Writer Show with me, Robert Batista. I'm at, at author R. Batista on Twitter. Look for my free short stories, Carmela's Dream and My Baby Has No Name on smashwords.com. My guest has been the author and so much more, 
Simone Salmon. And her fantastic novel, the first in the series, is called Camille and the Bears of Bezer, Draft Nell. Make sure you order your copy today. Thank you so much, Simone, for being a guest on the Funky Writer Show. Thank you, Robert. I had a wonderful time. Have a great evening. Thank you. I did too. You too. Bye now. Bye.